0: My name is Ryan Miner. I am your host of a Minor Detail Radio podcast, where the minor details of every story matter. Each week, I talk to Maryland newsmakers, from elected officials, journalists, political candidates, to policy wonks, and everyday Marylanders. A Minor Detail podcast is the fusion between Maryland news and politics, real people, real stories, honest conversation. You can also follow us on the web at aminordetail.com. Sit back, relax, relax. Good evening, everyone. My name is Ryan Miner. This is a Minor Detail Radio podcast. And of course, today we start with sad news that John Sidney McCain III, the proud naval aviator who climbed from depths of despair as a prisoner of war in Vietnam to the pinnacles of power, as a Republican congressman and senator from Arizona and a two-time contender for the presidency. He died yesterday at his home in Arizona, surrounded by his wonderful and loving family. He was 81 years old. Despite Senator McCain's condition... He battled this horrific disease over the last year, and as a son and grandson of four-star of four admirals who were larger-than-life heroes, he, Mr. McCain, of course, carried his renowned name into battle and into political fights for more than half of a century. He was a POW during the Vietnam War. He had spent five and a half years in a Vietnamese prison camp. And The story of John McCain is so inspiring. He was a maverick. He was a personal political, political hero to me. He was someone for whom I've met several times and had brief conversations, and every time I met the senator, it was something impactful, memorable, humorous about my exchange. I'm going to miss him uh, doing what he did best, and that was public service. He defined it. A generation of public service. And that's what our, makes our country great. And I feel an overwhelming sense of loss that an error of decency has gone to the grave with Senator McCain. And he brought back something that uh, – rather not brought back, but he, he lived each day that politics was bigger than himself, that he was on a mission. And to me, I saw that, and I, I watched how he interacted and it was always about a greater good, a bigger, a bigger cause than himself. He was self-deprecating. He was funny. He owned his mistakes, and yes, he made many, and he had errors. And he wasn't a perfect person or a politician, and he spent many years in Washington. But by God, John McCain, he served our country. He has earned our respect, and now he's with the ages. Rest in peace, John McCain. Tonight, my guest is libertarian candidate kevin caldwell he is running in maryland's sixth congressional district and he joins me i believe from brunswick hey kevin how are you
1: hey ryan you can hear me
0: i can hear you just fine thanks for tuning in and thanks for coming on tonight and uh, having a conversation
1: well uh let me first say uh thank you for having me as you know being in the uh, media business so to speak. Uh, The libertarian candidates do not get uh, much exposure from the media as a whole. In fact, they get ignored. So uh, thank you very much for having me on the show and giving me this opportunity.
0: Well, we're going to have a nice conversation, and you and I have sat down previously um, in Washington County. We had a fantastic discussion over uh, breakfast one morning, and uh, and, and first, before we dive into your background, I will say this, that – you are a military veteran, and when you first learned the news of uh, the passing of Senator McCain, um what are some of your thoughts on that as a veteran yourself
1: uh, I try to imagine what the man went through. Uh, I've read some of the stories, and uh, I've been in battlefields uh both in Iraq and Afghanistan, and my father was in Vietnam as well, and I've heard uh, some of the stories so uh just wish on, wish to pass on my thanks for his service, our prayers for his family, and uh, he has taken that step that many of uh, the veterans that now lay in Arlington National have taken, so uh, he deserves our respect for that, and uh, I offer my thanks to him and his family for their service and sacrifice.
0: Well, amen to that, and Kevin, thank you for your service, and let's talk about your background. Um, and. As a candidate for a libertarian candidate running in a predominantly two-party system, it has to be tough. It has to be a challenge knowing that you're getting it from all sides. And as someone like (laughs) myself who's a registered independent, I'm sort of a boon and an enigma to both parties because nobody can quite figure me out. I can go one way or I can go the other. I have non-traditional positions. I don't fit a party line, but you know, as someone who is doing journalism, that's not my job. My job is to tell the story and present the facts and to offer platforms like this for people to tell their stories to bring out their message and explain what makes their public service worthwhile and what they want to accomplish while in an elected office. But Kevin, I, I can imagine that being a libertarian, um, you know, you could have chosen a political party, um, the two party system, a Republican or a Democrat, but running as a libertarian let's first jump into that what how, how did you make the decision to become a libertarian and what were you always a libertarian were you republican were you democrat or independent or how did you become how did you fall into the libertarian party <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> well I, for for my original registration at 18 years old i've been a registered independent all my life so i've never had an, a party affiliation. Uh, I, I don't know if for the same reasons you have, but even from – and I was born in 1968, so that'll give you some time frame of where I'm coming from and what, man. what I've been through. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, I I never bought into – I could always tell there was something wrong with the party system, and uh, so I just never felt like I fit in with it. And uh, I don't know that I've ever fit into a political box. And, uh now that i'm running for office i find that that this political box mentality that so many seem to be caught up in is uh is is uh, a ma- one of the major obstacles that i face but to uh more directly to your question uh, i've never been in politics although i've always had a finger on it and been interested in it since i was a young man and uh you know when you come from uh, a military family like my you know my father being in uh, vietnam and and uh uh, let's say we I was raised by a single mother so you know we, we I came from a poorer side of uh, town so to speak and when you come from that you live politics every day <laughs> Yes, when no yes. Food. yes you, do. you don't have any money Yes you live the decisions these people make so uh I guess about a year and a half now or maybe it's getting close to 2 years ago I just found myself in a situation where I was uh Wanting to do something, you know, I've griped and complained over and over about so many things being wrong, and I finally decided, well, what can I do about it, and I took the first step. Uh, I didn't want to be part of the parties because this is – they're exactly what I am fighting, and that is not a new notion, and you know this. This goes back to the founding fathers. You can hear – you can see writings all through history about the two-party system and the damages, uh, the dangers that are inherent in it. So in running for office, how can I come to my fellow citizens in the 6th congressional district and tell them that I am running against this corrupt system when I'm actually part of it? Uh, Seems a bit of a – What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I think you
0: would dub that as a hypocrisy.
1: <laughs> there you go. That was the word I was – I appreciate that sometimes uh, when uh, I miss a few words here or there. But yes, it seems like a bit of a hypocrisy. So I through contacting and uh, speaking to some folks from the Libertarian Party and the party chair, Bob Johnston. Uh I went and sought the uh, libertarian nomination for Congress because that is a party that is not owned in any way, shape, or form by anyone and if ever becomes it i 'd walk away from it so uh, and these are you know in the libertarian party not to jump ahead of you but you kind of ask some of one of the things I face the to dispel the notion of what a libertarian is uh, number one is one of the biggest obstacles but the good People of the Maryland uh, Libertarian Party were kind enough to give me the nomination, and I am very proud to represent them in this in this race. So that was kind of how I – and since they were very kind enough to give me uh, the nomination, I figured the least I could do is uh, register in the party. <laughs>
0: That's fair enough. Although it was you not
1: just... required. It wasn't required, truthfully, that, I, that I'm aware of. I could be wrong and maybe bobble somebody who will call me later and tell me, oh, yes, it was, but I did it as – uh, as that.
0: You describe yourself on your website at electkevincaldwell dot com and your last name is spelled C A L D W E L L um dot com. You are you live in Brunswick, Maryland, and you haven't always been, yep. how long have you been a resident of the sixth district?
1: Uh, two years now, I think.
0: Okay. So got, you I'm set up
1: curious. I got very Go ahead, sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: You set up shop. No, I got You're in... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kevin.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm I'm gonna shut up this time. Go ahead.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, what I was trying to say is that you 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 are living here in the sixth district. You've been here for two years. Let's talk about Brunswick. Let's talk about your community and a little bit about your background. And you you talked about what led you to this decision. You were a member of the armed forces, as you state, on your website. You represented the United States of America in a diplomatic fashion and throughout many countries in the world and in previous conversations, you and I have held, uh, you have talked about your service and what that means to you and how that has shaped your worldly out view. And so let's talk a a little bit more about your background. You said you were raised by a single mom from Georgia. You're from the South. I love that. You know, Maryland is technically considered to be in the South. Um, we, we are, uh, we're below the Mason Dixon line and I'm, I'm proud of my heritage. I grew up in Washington County, nearby Brunswick, and I know Brunswick well. So you live in the sixth district and in fairness, I want to point out that both of our candidates, while it's not required to be a resident of the district in which you seek to represent or are representing, you live in the sixth district, whereas your two opponents, the Republican and the democrat they are just outside of the lines of the 6th district and i want to point that out cuz i think it's fair
1: i wouldn't say that alone is a disqualifying factor for anyone you know it was put in i understand it uh But I would say coupled with it becomes a more important factor in this particular election, that part does, because of so many factors involved. The current congressman is from that neighborhood. One of the ones running, I think, lives four or five houses down. The other candidate is, I think, from a few streets over. Uh, I saw a post in one of the Republican uh, Facebook uh, pages, and the person who made the post they were talking about uh, a different election but they showed that all the current representatives are from a small little area in that in that uh in that uh state delegates uh area and complaining that, uh, look, all, all the representatives come from this area. Well, I wanted to send one back, and I plan on making it. If you look at the map, like you just said, of the six congressional districts, all of our representatives, or even those who seem to, uh, are from the same neighborhood and outside the district. And think that's that a problem? Among, I think it's a problem in the sense of it's it's coupled with all the connections to the establishment that these candidates have. Oh, the evil. Uh, and the establishment I've heard that before, yes, yeah, and we all know it. I mean, we have different words for it, you know, uh, some people call it the swamp, and some people don't like that term because the president uh kind of coined it, <laughs> but call it the establishment, call it the swamp, call it exactly what we're all fighting against, because we all know that is a different uh group of people, you know there's an old uh Ronald Reagan quote that said, the real issue of this election is whether or not we truly believe in our capacity for self-governance or whether we're ready to abandon the American revolution and confess that a self-proclaimed little intellectual elite in a not-so-distant capital in our point but from a distant neighborhood can run and plan our lives better for us than you and I can run and plan them ourselves. And I think you know these areas pretty well. I don't think that that area, that neighborhood, is a very good – or the people – and let me say this from the very beginning, okay? And I've said this, you can find it in Facebook posts, you can find it, I've said it to everyone. I am not trying to frame this election as Colbert's tone evil, Caldwell good, or that they're bad people, or that there's anything wrong with them because they're wealthy or where they live. That's not what this is about. They're, I have met both of them on many occasions. Uh, uh, they're both uh, – I. I Nice people when you meet them. In fact, that's one of the things that everybody says to me when I go around about the candidates, uh, especially the Republican candidate. She's very nice, and she is very nice. Uh, So they all have families. They're all individuals, and I will defend, fight for their rights just as much as anyone else's. So I'm not trying to make a class warfare or the fact that they're wealthy. That neighborhood down there and the people that live in it, the income levels, is not a representation of the rest of the district as you go across it. I mean one of the reasons that I love Brunswick and the rest of this area – like I told my mom's a farm girl from Georgia. Yes, I'm from the south. <laughs> I'm amongst country folk. <laughs> you know what I mean, and that stretches yep. all the way out, out the rest of the way. Uh, so the decisions and the things that you – or that we deal with on a daily basis – you know. Uh, the, our lives, I don't think those people in that neighborhood in Potomac live the rest of the life that we do, and that's not a bad thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. They've worked very hard and earned it, and I, I want to help every anyone keep – I'm a huge proponent of personal property rights. But there is something that happens, and it would happen to me even or anyone. If I won a $50 million lottery next week, eventually I would become out of touch with the people and, and the way I, well, I might always remember I was poor, me and my wife would, uh, but we would become unattached because we don't have the same concerns. We don't, you know, every issue in this election from health care to social security to Medicare to even sending people into harm's way I have a direct connection with it, 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 the members of my family and my house have a direct connection with from my elderly mother-in-law who lives with us who is on medicare and receives social security Mm -hmm. my parents parents, they affect me now i don't know when the last time the folks down there in that neighborhood had to worry about paying an electric bill or taking money deciding what you were going to buy in food and that's nothing wrong with that but it does disconnect you from the common citizen the rest of us in the sixth congressional district i think
0: so when People ask what a Republican is, what a Democrat is, and what a Libertarian is. I can typically get a straight answer from a Libertarian rather than a Republican or a Democrat. You ask a Republican – you ask 10 Republicans, you're going to get 10 different answers. And you ask a Democrat, and based on where you are on the political spectrum – uh, the democratic party has their own issues where the republican party has their own issues where they're they're battling for who the true heart of the party is libertarian party while it's not a you know there's a major libertarian national party candidate or uh, in 2016 gary johnson i think he got 4% of the vote um, the libertarian party is pretty simple um, and I- i'm hoping you can define their platform, <laughs> their uh, what they stand for as a party, because you don't hear about it often. And I, I am of the more of the United Kingdom mindset. I'm of the British mindset that more political parties are better for a functioning republic, because as you see now, we have Republican, Democrat, and then some third parties, and I believe there is one or two independents elected as governors. Uh, in the United States, I believe the Alaskan Governor is an independent, and if i 'm not mistaken, I think that there's one other. I might be wrong, but there's yeah there 's an independent Senator, Bernie Sanders, but I believe he caucuses with the Democrats and Angus King, who is a United States Senator, he is an independent from Maine, and he caucuses with the Democrats so Kevin, what in the hell is a libertarian? <laughs>
1: That's an awesome question, and that's one of the ones – boy, I have gotten – okay, and I have to tell you, we in the Libertarian Party – okay, now I get this. I've had so many things ascribed to me. Uh, oh, you believe this or you believe that because they read it somewhere about a Libertarian or they heard a Libertarian said it. I've even gotten it on – Outside uh, conversations with some Of the candidates that were in the primary At some of the functions you've seen me at The candidate boards and such uh, So in the libertarian Party we do have a wide range Of views actually I mean we have people That would because uh, we get people From both parties so we we have people That are as progressive as Bernie Sanders And on the other end uh, You know that are anarchist For Pete's sake and you understand how, eventually How that wraps around on each other but as a whole, so trying to get the libertarians to agree on anything is a bit like herding up cats, <laughs> but yeah. uh, uh, I can say a few things that I'm most confident that you could get the biggest majority, 99%, I guess, of libertarians to agree on. And one of the the main things – if you look at the platform, you can go to it. It's on my uh, – they have – the libertarian platform you know it covers just like every other party's platform but it's a very constitutionally based uh platform uh, on any issue that you pick uh or that you read about and it's one that i can support uh it basically is built on the foundations of free choice personal property rights individual liberties and responsibilities to use those as the founding as the answers to as the foundations to seek uh Resolutions to issues and how to solve Some of these issues that are going on The only break that I have with them and the party chair is aware of this In the sense of what you may find on the libertarian Platform is I'm not an open borders person A lot of libertarians are I understand that's about the only Break away from that part of it And the main crux of what we Truly believe in the rule Of law and in the constitution we bel- and, and we don't believe that our rights come from the Constitution. And you would be surprised how many people in office, I've seen emails written back and forth where it has stated, No, well, your rights come from the Constitution. No, they don't. We believe that the, cost- the Constitution simply is a public announcement and an acknowledgement of things that already exist in the universe's natural law, anyway. And we formed a government on those on those things, meaning our rights, you know, our rights, your your rights, my rights do not become or not with us because ink was put to paper. They exist because you exist and I exist. And we believe that. And because of that, we believe that no one should have the right since you you are uh, put here by your creator. No one has the right to use the means of coercion or force to get another person to do anything that they to to use another person or to manipulate them. And uh, as long as you are acting within the rights that you naturally have and aren't offending other folk, people's rights, then you know uh, we err on the side of free choice instead of. The collective or government, so to speak. So that's really the crux of what I think libertarians believe.
0: So you've had an opportunity to visit all parts of Congressional District 6. I was born and raised and grew up in the 6th District, and I live here now. And my family, we vote, and we are very active throughout the 6th District. And every county is unique. There's five counties in the 6th Congressional District, starting with the westernmost county in the state of Maryland. Garrett, then you travel down through Allegheny. I spent a lot of time in Allegheny County as a kid when I was up in the Green Ridge Mountains with my granddaddy at the hunting club. Of course, I grew up in Washington County in Hagerstown, spent so much time over in Frederick, and now I live in Montgomery County. And um, Mm -hmm. one of these days, I, I probably my wife and I are likely to move South I, and I'm, I'm thinking maybe South Carolina, but for now, the kids look, they're in school. We love the state of Maryland. It's, it's our home, but, <clears throat> um, you know, one of these days when it gets, we, we, we appreciate uh <laughs> warm weather and year round warm weather. And as, as someone who is desperately craving warm weather around the, around the, uh, the calendar year, um, Maryland gets cold in the, in the wintertime. So, I want to know what you make of the 6th District. What are some of the issues? What are your thoughts about the people? What are the the political differences between the different counties? And let's unwind that because it's a world of difference between Montgomery County to Garrett County. I mean, think about it. It's a microcosm, Kevin, of the entire yeah, country, 300 miles within this district. If you go from the the very tip of Garrett County, which borders – West Virginia, down to the very tip of of Montgomery County of this district in Potomac, Maryland, it takes you, oh geez, a good four hours, maybe more. um maybe a good yes. four four and a half hours. And it's so starkly different. the values, the differences, and the the, the different, you know, the economy, most of all, and how much money. People make and the types of resources and the education system. Talk about that. Let's unwind all of these different variables that affect our district.
1: Um, you're right. It is, it is it is exactly a microcosm of, of everything else. And it's and in saying that, it should. I hope it becomes clear when I say it. That's the exact kind of reason why there is. You can't have a cookie cutter approach to anything because the problems that uh, people face in Montgomery County for uh, housing, uh, schools, transportation, highways—all those things are different than what we face here, even uh, in this part of Frederick and in uh, Washington County, and all the way out to Oakland. So you're ex- you're exactly right. Uh, it is very different, and that's why some cookie cutter approach to fix a problem. And let's say Montgomery County isn't going to work probably out in uh Garrett County or Allegheny County very well. And you as you go out, and I we're pretty rural rural here, it's building up a little more, but also you have tons of farmland in all this area. I was surprised. I would never have guessed in moving to Maryland that, that Maryland was mostly farmland. <laughs> and oh, I have yeah. to say i Yeah, and I've lived in some places, and my wife will tell you this, and even my mother-in-law as we're driving back and forth. I've lived in Italy, all over the world except maybe the Far East, Uh, both both as a civilian and in the military. And Maryland just happens to be one of the prettiest places I've ever been on the face of the earth. It's just gorgeous for men. I love the drive around up to Hagerstown from here. Uh, So the – it just uh, – I, I love living here, and uh, it is our home. and uh, we don't miss the hot weather so much. We kind of like the weather. And when you're ready to go down to South Carolina, let me know my mom lives down in that area, so at least you have a few friends. <laughs>
0: let's talk about let's talk about some of the issues that are directly affecting the Sixth District. Now, there's national issues that most members of Congress are going to run on, the standard boilerplate issues, health care, the economy, education, transportation, and federal jobs. Of course, Maryland, the 6th District, has a, a wealth of the federal jobs, the National Institute of Technology, or, or rather the, the uh, NIST, and Fort Detrick. There's a lot of national, uh, federal jobs in uh, the Gaithersburg area, the Department of Energy. But I want to talk about what specific issues that you believe are really important and and not necessarily tangential to the 6th District, but when you have conversations with citizens all over the place, it doesn't matter, business owners, teachers, um, it, it could be anyone that you talk to. What's a consistent theme throughout our district?
1: Uh, well, strangely enough, some of the national issues you mentioned, everyone is very concerned about health care. Uh, More local, the opioid epidemic is uh, spoken about at many places. I've met with the sheriff from Washington County, who's a very nice gentleman, and toured their facility up there. Yeah, Mullendorf. Yes, Yes, a very nice man. I've had several long conversations. He was very kind because. Some of the problem with getting meeting with these people, or just some people in general, when you're the Libertarian candidate, you're the redheaded stepchild, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, it doesn't. Yes, they never want to talk to you. They don't. They really don't. Some. So he was very kind in offering to uh, not only meet with me and talk to me, but he gave me a a personal tour of their treatment facility there, the day reporting center. And I hear that through lots of places, especially in the Hagerstown area, but I hear that a lot, the opioid epidemic here in the 6th Congressional District. Um, We hear a lot about the highways and uh, the roads. I I don't know if I would say that would be in the top three, but I would say healthcare, the opioid epidemic, and as you get out of Montgomery County even uh, in here, now the economy overall is doing well, but in the smaller towns like Brunswick and as you go out, through the through the district you know a lot of the smaller towns aren't doing so well uh so the economy means a lot to those folks and right. what i really hear and what people are really experiencing down and i know we talked like a lot that there are federal issues uh This establishment and this corruption that goes on at the federal level has been doing so for so many years. It really has filtered down and affects people more than they've uh, maybe previously realized, but a lot of people feel it now. And it's the idea you can't do much of anything without some government regulation or some government interference into your daily life. And – that's a that's a that's a huge one, you know. People I remember when I was growing up, I don't even though people talked politics, it just didn't seem like the government was in every facet of your decision making process of your life. And these days it does. So I, I uh I hear a lot that and I hear a lot that they don't feel that they're get have gotten any representation from uh the folks that have represented them in Washington. And this corruption has seeped all the way down into the local levels. I don't. You think back to when uh, the Eisenhower farewell speech. Now, he may, Now, he may have been speaking about the military-industrial complex at the time, and its influence all the way down into every schoolhouse, every church. Well, so has this corruption, and it it's filtered down all the way because it's so prevalent. It's the way things are done. When I originally started out this, I had some candidates, and I've always invited all candidates. I've had Democrat candidates. I've had Republican candidates uh, come to uh, town halls that I've had. I invite any candidates that want to speak so people can hear them because there are a lot of candidates even in both parties. that are kind of like myself, small, you know, they don't have the money to run and things like this and they never get heard. A lot of the good candidates from both parties never make it up to the top because they face the same thing I do. You know, they're not that, part they of that people, already.
0: Right. I mean, it's people that you know, pe- the the conversation nationally is focused on Republican versus Democrat and the third parties, and I don't even want to call a libertarian. I hate saying it's a third party. It's it's another party. Not a third party. Yes. It's, it's another party in our American political system. One I believe that it will attract more and more Americans because if you think about it, most people in America, when barring the the, the hard partisans that or the, the 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 hard party people, and I could never get I could never wrap my head around the concept of being. Uh, a a strict party person it's just mind-numbing to me and to think how far the parties have drifted off and it's really about who can raise the most money and if you defy the party you get your wrist slapped and we talked earlier in the program about senator mccain he was a maverick man the guy bucked his party many times many many times and Yes. That's what I admired about him, and like him or not, and and I had my own personal disagreements with Senator McCain's politics, especially on how he viewed defense spending and how he viewed um, policies of going to war um, or nation building. Yes. Whereas, you know, he was more in the, the neoconservative uh, realm of politics. I'm I'm much more on the um, the limited interventionist, um, you know, the the let's make peace and let's, um, you know, if we're going to go to war, we must declare it first by members of Congress. Um, and I don't want to kill American citizens who with drone strikes unconstitutionally. Now, I do give the yeah. senator, the late senator, a lot of credit for battling against torture, something that he was exposed to as a prisoner of war and something that, he really fought against he really fought hard especially when you know we discovered that the CIA was torturing but nonetheless Kevin, um, it, it's it's tough with these two parties and as you said getting traction in this two party system is historically difficult number 1 you have i would imagine that unlike you're you're not a a multibillionaire or a multimillionaire and most members of congress aren't multi-millionaires there's some of course and what's old saying you go to congress and people make more money and it's just interesting how that happens but they're
1: not millionaires always when they get there but a majority of them are millionaires when they leave there or very shortly (laughs) after
0: well and it's always interesting how that that happens because public service of course you're not supposed to get rich and our current congressman whom I admire and really respect, and I think that he's done a, a, a decent job of working across the aisle. And as he's stepping down to run for a bigger adventure, much bigger one, as he seeks the office of the presidency in 2020, the first declared candidate, um, he, he's a multimillionaire. He started to he took two businesses public, and he came to Congress. I believe is when he was elected as the third wealthiest member of Congress, and someone That's what named David. Go ahead.
1: No, that's my understanding as well. Yeah. All right. mm-hmm.
0: And of course, Mr. Trone, who is your Democratic opponent in this race, is extraordinarily wealthy. W- when he grew his business, Total Wine and More, so he you know, he pumped in the most money ever into two congressional campaigns, and I believe he's already spent somewhere upwards of eleven million dollars on his. Sixth congressional district bid Sixth, and yeah. you know i i heard him say something interesting the other day that a whole lot of money is behind his opponent ami hober and i wanted to say well wait a second mr trone you spent your <laughs> own, how can you say that with a straight face when you spent millions of dollars of your own money on this race and we every time you signed into social media you saw the incessant facebook and social media ads you saw the television commercials. And at a certain point, I think people said, okay, we get it. You know, either we'll vote for you or we won't. But even still, he came out of the primary, I believe, with 40% of the vote. The next closest person was with 29% of the vote. And you have to think, well, that's really not that much. You didn't get a majority, even though you ran with um, several, you know, I think it was eight candidates in that primary. You still didn't pull out a majority. Um, so, what do you neither, think? The two part. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm sorry, I did not. Neither candidates did, and you're right. And it starts from even. That's why I said thank you for having me because I'll give you a perfect example right now. Uh, there was a. I'll I'll leave the station out for now. People, if they're interested, they can contact me. But a news station that has interviewed I, at least one of the candidates. I think both, of the Republican and the Democrat. And the newscaster literally said to the candidate, "Since it's just you and David Trone in this election." <laughs> so uh, you know, uh, uh, an inaccurate statement to start from with, but we, don't, we can't even get mentions." And I've contacted many of these places that have the establishment candidates on saying, "Hey, you guys have extended them. I, I can't even get a return of a phone call, an email, nothing." Not only will they not – they won't even mention us, and I'm sure you've seen it. You can read nine, ten paragraphs of this about Ami Hobert and this about David Trone and blah, 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 and even, even if we do get a mention at the end of be oh, and there's a few other candidates, by the way, but they really don't matter. So let's go on and move on. So just breaking through that barrier, and it's not a – it's it's not a uh you know a cabal where they've gotten together secretly and said we're going to do this it's just the mentality uh, uh, of it to start with um and yes and being that now we get one of the notions i want to dispel right uh, uh, one of the libertarian notions right away is there is no party apparatus behind me none so if I get elected to Congress, there isn't some secret libertarian team that comes swooping in <laughs> You're <on your> own. <laughs> to take control. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm basically an independent. Now I, I know our state party chair, like I said, Bob Johnson. Talked to him. I consider him a friend. He's a very nice man. I have never met our national party leaders. I did meet our the old uh, vice chair. Um, but I have no connection, personal personal communications, no direction from these they, – I have no strings attached to me. I am not part of the puppet show of the establishment, none. So – and I'm the only candidate who can say that in this election. So if uh, this two-party system, yes, and it is set up – I, I want to folks know because I have, I have a choir. So I, ha- I go to Democrat events. I go to Republican events, and I have people – on both sides in the party that secret and here's the real funny thing too. Uh I, I couldn't tell you how many I, it must be hundreds of times people come up to me and they're in positions in different parties and stuff and they'll lean over, they'll they'll pull me over to the side and go, I'm a secret libertarian, man. I, you got my vote, I just can't say anything. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking, Okay, I'm glad I got your vote, but in a way it's like, oh uh I can vote for, you know, but I, I can't speak of it in public. And I'll be honest, there are people that have been in the parties that have taken flack for supporting me from their own party, even down to the local levels. Uh, uh, Like I said, everything that is permeated from the federal level is down here at the local level as well. And not having that money to get out certainly makes it more difficult. Uh, it, It is difficult to get the word out to people. But it's a challenge that I knew was there, and it's not a complaint um and it's just one that I deal with every day and go and fight for and, and in truth that's uh, that's what I hope people will understand if you've even heard my name anywhere I've gotten on I mean I didn't have to fight to get on your show you were just kind enough but you've met me but you know we have to struggle it's a it's a daily fight just to get your name out there and uh so that that makes a huge difference just even having people mentioning and saying hey this is they delegitimize you in a way by not mentioning you ever, mm-hmm. or uh, you understand what I mean, and I'm sure the listeners do too, and it really makes a difference. You said it earlier. You know, There are other – many, many other countries have more than two parties that are elected in there, and I'm really hearing it, what it and it's part of the challenge. I honestly think if I could – the traction that you're talking about and i think it's one of the things that scares the parties to a certain extent if we ever get any little traction it's going to shoot because one of the reasons that people don't jump on I love, but can you win and because they don't see you know if i started polling high enough where it looked like i might win i bet you a lot of people would come because they're not coming now because who wants you know they think okay another losing uh candidate i don't nobody wants to be on the side of a losing team and i get that Uh, So it is a challenge to get it out But one thing that I would like the listeners to understand Is that in this election Here in the 6th Congressional District uh, You see it at At the bottom of my thing We can either make history Or just repeat a failed history That we've done over and over and over again That's one thing I hear from the people That I can get to in this district We've been on the same road Doing the same things For decade after decade after decade And neither one of these establishment candidates Pose the uh, opportunity to change that in the slightest bit. Nothing. Nothing will change. You and I can come back in two two years and have this exact same conversation, and nothing will have changed. Bringing someone in from the outside – in fact, President Obama said it one time when he was running the first time. He said Washington cannot be fixed from the inside, and a lot of people agreed with him and look what has happened with the current president a lot of people voted for the current president they they do like him but one of the main reasons was to drain the swamp to get somebody that wasn't a part of all this system in there even though they may or may not have agreed with a lot of his policies but in this election if we we have the chance to make history there has never been an actual third party independents aren't you know they're not part of a party so there's never been a libertarian in Congress. The people that have been forgotten and just pushed aside have never had a voice in Congress. Well, and this- I,
0: I, I will say that there has been – there is and has been libertarian-leaning members of Congress, namely um, former Congressman Ron Paul, whom I have a great deal of respect for and someone yeah. that I truly admire and, and has formed much of my political philosophy and – that's why the democratic party would never have me and the republicans are would never want me because i i you know back when I, and in full disclosure when ron paul was running for president both times i didn't get on board and i was a republican at that time and i didn't get on board for all the reasons we discussed and then i had a great awakening in my life only a few years ago and you know i became an independent and really i you know since i practiced journalism i I, I, it's not my job to to get involved in all the party stuff. And really, when I was involved with the Republican Party, and I've spent a great deal of time now with the Democratic Party, it's not all cracked up to be. It's really not. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a huge. To be honest with you, Kevin, it's a huge pain in the ass. Um, and I say that, and I and I mean that because there's a lot of good people involved in politics, but there's a lot of people who are can't see past the Democratic or Republican label. Yeah, you know, they they look at. Let's say Governor Hogan, and they think that he's um, he's a good guy, that they believe in some of his policies. They believe that um, some of the things that he has done as governor has done some pretty good for for our state of Maryland. But they will not they won't vote for him because he's a Republican and he shares the same party as Donald Trump. Now, what kind of silliness is that? That's goofy uh, yeah. to me. Uh,
1: I can't I, wrap my head around. I agree. I agree. And it's one of the things, like I said, it's one of the things we will go if we just put the same, if we just elect another Democrat or Republican establishment candidate, put him in Congress, nothing is. But and you're right, they are, they do have libertarian, but they never got elected running as libertarians, as far as I know. And I'm I'm okay in being corrected at that, and I'm wrong. I looked, but I think he always got like Ron, Ron Paul. He got elected as a Republican. And it was libertarian-leaning, but I don't know that a libertarian running from the beginning only has ever been in. But what that would do for us in the 6th Congressional District here, you want an instant change. That would actually give us party leadership in Congress because that would be the only party. That's so, right. So we could go from having no control of a party to actually having the, 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 the common citizens of the 6th Congressional District having the, uh, the uh, party leadership that actually represents them directly. Well, looking uh,
0: at Congress now, Kevin, do you see some members that you would aden- identify with, with their personal politics? Are, what members of Congress do you look at as someone whom would be, let's say, your mentor?
1: Um, I don't as far as the individuals. Now, I could – uh, some of the uh, folks in the Freedom Caucus have come mm-hmm. out uh, many times, and I, I could certainly work with those folks uh, in Congress. I don't have a uh, – like I said, I think they – the last one, we had this uh, – we don't even have a budget anymore, the spending resolution that we had Um that many members of that begged the president not to sign it I would have been one of those to do it in the health care uh, bill that was gone I know they fought it uh, a lot for the American people and that i would have i would have been one of those so uh I worked direct. I could work directly with members of the Freedom Caucus, and I hope actually now that Ryan's going to retire, I hope one of the members – and I can't think of his name right off the top of my head – from the Freedom Caucus will seek the nomination for – assuming that the Republicans keep control of the House uh, for the Speaker of the House. And that would be – if we get Ryan out of there, that would be another establishment gone. That would be a good thing. Uh, Well, he's he's retiring, of course, at the end of his
0: term, and it looks like – Based on the projections that I have read, as it stands now, and polls are unreliable to the extent that they're unreliable uh, you know Hillary Clinton would have been president based on the polls, of course, very different turnout occurred in two thousand and sixteen on November the eighth so i'm I'm looking at it, and it looks to me that the Republicans are set to lose the House of Representatives. I believe they need to maintain. 24 seats or so but based on everything that i have read all of the polling and you go from district to district the republicans are poised to lose the house of representatives which could make a major problem for this president and i think people who are listening clearly they're going to need to know what position is on donald trump whatever that might be and if you okay. and i'm i'm hoping that you would share that with us because the president is nonstop dominating all news cycles, and we all get a little tired. And some days I just have to turn it off, and I'll tune it out and just watch some Netflix because it's every day it's a, something else. I mean, look, last week was uh, a week that just was nonstop, endless news. And some days, Kevin, I got to tell you, it is really difficult to process this news and so much and just keeping up with it it's exhausting.
1: it is um, i'll answer that. Let me jump back for just a second and the people that I would work with one of the things that that we would get from uh, being party leadership and having that third party is from what I understand and have been have been told uh, is that we ha I will have able to get uh committee. On to committees, up to seven of them, and in different – instead of begging party leadership and making deals behind doors, fundraising, or having having to come off my own cash or other things, uh, I don't need to do any of those backroom deals to do it because the way the House is set up, I'll have access being the libertarian candidate and the only representative of my party unless we get a couple more, which hopefully we will, but I'd like to at least get one. Uh, We will have access to those kinds of things too, and I can uh, work with the people in the committees. I promise to do two things too uh, that relate to this, and then I'll answer the question about the president. Uh, I have offered To have on the staff a member of the Republican Party and Democrat Party, and to give them the means, whether it be blog, website, or whatever, to report on everything that goes online in that office and also get Hmm. feedback from the people in those parties so that I can – I'm really trying to represent the people, not a a party at all. So I want people to understand that we can instantly here in the 6th Congressional District actually get some – the ability to affect some of the things in Congress without having to uh, go uh, do the typical, uh, through the party line, so to speak, because I'm not a Republican or Democrat. Um, as far as the president goes, me and my family, I voted for the president and most of my family did all the way down to the Vietnam veteran that I told you about mainly because we wanted to drain off, not because we agreed with all of his, uh, all of his policies, but uh, I, I've i been feeling that way about turning off the news for over eight years. <laughs> I don't think it's an accident. We are constantly bombarded by everything, everything, and everything, 24-7 days, pundits, all this kind of stuff. Uh, there was an experiment that someone tried not too long ago, Then they said try it. Try to go 30 days without listening to any of it. Now, I know you're in the media, so you might have to listen to some of it, but cut all that stuff out. Strangely enough, you, your mood generally picks up. <laughs> so uh, the, the, the daily minutiae of what the president does and this going on, I, I, I sit back like a juror and I kind of watch it and I and, and wait to see what happens in it because um, you know this as well as anyone, I think. A, a ton of what we see is political theater. And not really what's going on behind the scenes. And we don't know a tenth of what's going on behind the scenes, but a lot of it is complete political theater. I so every time, that. The pres- like, uh, yeah, and like when the president met with Putin, for instance, over there, you know, it was just nonstop. Even both these candidates in this race put out press releases jumping all over them. It's, <laughs> it's, and that's just adding to the noise, okay? that isn't actually doing anything that's just pandering from one side back to the other adding to the noise but we don't know and that was so much political theater in front of those cameras uh it, you know there's nothing real about the theater of it so we don't know to a certain extent um i am i do not hate the president president hater but i am not a a, a, a president sycophant either i truly uh hate or even all, that kind of thing is uh, – I don't know about you personally, but if I was filled with a lot of hate and anger for some, someone or something, that's not when you think you're clearest or act your clearest. So I would think that we would want a representative going from the district, to that is, doesn't want to add to that noise. Now, I will say this. If it comes out that the president is a criminal, a Russian conspirator, or anything like that, my dad has left his blood. and parts of his body on the floors of Vietnam fighting the communists. So if any member of our government or anywhere is a communist, I'll be helping lead the charge to get rid of that person and putting them away for life. I don't care what their position is, period, across the board, from an FBI agent to the president of the United States to any other citizen. I think it's one of the biggest problems in our our society that what I said filters down from the federal all the way down to local, I bet you one of the biggest ones, I hope – I'll go out on a limb here – is that we all know there are two different legal systems at work, one for all of us, and then one for the people who are politically connected or wealthy, even in this race. Now, it's not, their, it's not that they've done it themselves. It's not their fault. But when you reach a certain income status, you fall up under a different legal system because you have the money to fight yourself that uh, you have the money to protect yourself those of us who don't we're all under another legal system it seems like you can commit any crime you want in Washington DC as long as you're politically connected and nothing is going to happen to you nothing so i the main, i will use i promise this, the member the citizens of the 6th congressional district i will use every power that i they give me To make sure that our laws are applied equally to everyone, and everyone is afforded the protection under them, not just regardless of the usual race, color, creed, and religion, but also political status, economic status, or office that you hold. I don't care who they are, the president or not. if They are criminals, and they are corrupt. That's what I want to fight against. Now, there are times – There are some things that the president does that I have uh, no problems with, and if he's – if I am for the rule of law, which is our constitution, and if our president what he's doing is based on that and in line with that law, then he has my support. If it is not, he does not, and that's true whether it's President Obama, President Trump. I don't care who the president is in that way, but I do not want to – one of the things that we need to – the other thing that uh, people back, kind of reverting back, digressing for a second, is this political rhetoric and the fever of mm. hate and anger going on through everybody. We kind of need we need to tone this all down. And and oh, no, I agree. Uh, and, and since I have not jumped into that, I have not lent to the uh, to the political fray of the noise of everything, condemning what? this person, condemning that person, without knowing any of the facts. I have not jumped into that. I think that's the kind of representation that we need in Congress,
0: I mean, it really started the 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 political nastiness it peaked in the Clinton era and then it died down a bit, of course, after nine eleven um you know, I think about the the days that my my very good friend John Delano, who was the chief of staff to a Pennsylvania congressman um back in the nineties when things seemed to even then a bit simpler than they are today. And I'm, I think we're all looking for a representative um, in, in, as a, in terms of our congressman and our state senator, our anybody who represents us, to, to get something accomplished, to work together to find common ground, and to put the American people's values first. And we're tired of the partisan, hard rhetoric on both sides, and, you know, I, I, to an extent, um, the media exacerbates the problem, and it's a shame. However, uh, you know, the media is charged with a, a core responsibility of of the fourth estate and to hold our leaders accountable, and I'm proud of being part of that crew there at times. So, Kevin, you know, as we wrap up, we have about a minute and 50 seconds what do you want to okay. accomplish? What do you want people to know? And uh, let's, let's end on that, a positive note.
1: Um, yes. Uh, what I want people to understand the most is that in this 6th Congressional District election that we have, that we can either have representatives, like just what you said, that does rep- – I have no connection to Any part of the establishment I will never take a dime From the corporate lobbyist Uh, I will never Become uh, a servant To Wall Street or K Street In any way Or the military industrial complex Even though I'm a former uh, service member I understand it just as many of us Veterans do It is my goal To show and prove That we can still have Citizen legislators Of the people from the 6th Congressional District By the people from the 6th Congressional District Or the people of the 6th Congressional District And if you have any connections to those Like the military-industrial complex The swamp is built on that That's its foundation Or if you're a lobbyist for your own alcohol company Or you're buying up politicians (laughs) through the district And you you, uh, it's, it's, It's If we do not And it's not I remember when they said that these two candidates are trying to buy the district, and it struck me funny. You cannot buy something that the someone is not willing to sell you. To sell you, so we do have the chance to actually just beginning a change. Now electing me will not bring a libertarian utopia. I'm not trying. I don't. I'm not asking people to switch parties. I'm trying to actually introduce real change. I have no connections. You know, you've spoken to me and people speak to me on the issues. I'm not in exactly an empty suit. I have an actual background in science and physics and electronics engineering. My military background – now, most people just think, well, they fought. What does that mean? Now, I'm, I'm actually – now, I've heard one of the candidates say they are a national defense expert. I always find it highly interesting that the people who sit back in offices, in suits, and away from the front lines are the experts on defending the nation. Uh, my whole family is experts on defending the nation under that one. My dad is a two-time Purple Heart recipient. I've spent many years in the war zones. Out of uniform and have embedded in the front lines with people, embedded with the Iraqi army, slept next to the Taliban for Pete's sakes. My wife is a, uh, a lieutenant commander in the res- uh, Navy reserves. We are. My family is experts at doing it. I When you're in the army… You are part of the biggest bureaucracy on the face of the planet. Everything you get – you want to talk about living in a socialist system? Everything you get from your pillow to your blanket, you have to go to a federal office and fill out paperwork and deal with it. Everybody (laughs) you deal with, your entire life is in the most giant bureaucracy that there is. And not only did – in one of my jobs that wasn't my main job, but I was uh, assigned it. And it was normally a six-month, but I was the legal liaison between JAG and the battalion. That means I had to keep everything legally in order for those two, the rights of the the individual who was accused and the prosecutor's side. JAG office is basically the prosecution and the defense for service members. So I had to do all that for them. Not only that, but I have marched next to – I was the sergeant of arms. Or in, in my dress blues, and have marched the United States flag down Main Street, Moscow, into Red Square and the Kremlin. Uh, I have been on the front lines of defending this nation, and I'm going to do the same thing for you in Congress. Not only the promises that I have made you, but the main promises that I will serve you in Congress, just as I did in uniform, with honor, integrity, and a true selfless service. If you uh, have the opportunity to invite me to meet and talk with me, and you know this. You people may call me a lot of things, but a politician or a typical politician <laughs> will not be one of them. So we can no. either we can either make it three, like I said, or just repeat it and go down the same road. And at the end of it, if we put one of these two establishment candidates in there, uh, we don't have a complaint to make in two years or four years when none of this stuff is fixed. It's up to us. It's not up to them. It's the power is still within our hands, and that is we have to liberate ourselves from the myths of the past and everything that it comes with that establishment in order to start honestly evaluating and dealing with the present problems we face today. And as long as we keep electing people that have connections to this establishment and whose bases are completely built on them – we, you and I, will never get real representation, and that's what I'm just trying to prove and give to my fellow citizens of the 6th Congressional District.
0: Well, Kevin Caldwell, your website is elect – I'm just looking at it now. I'm sorry.
1: Elect,
0: elect Kevin, Kevin Caldwell. Yep, com. You're on Facebook. You're on Twitter. I hope to see you at the forums and throughout the 6th district. There's a big donate button on your website on the front. And I hope people take an opportunity to consider checking out your, your candidacy, looking where you stand on the issues in your uh, your website, succinctly list uh, your many of your positions on the issues. And I'm glad to see that someone with your background, with your experience and with your integrity is running for the right reasons and to step up. And has a servant's heart, someone who truly wants to give back to the district and to make a lasting and tangible difference and to offer something different, something truly, fundamentally different for the 6th District. And it's a great place to live, great place to raise a family. And, you know, if we can figure out one legislative district at a time throughout our country, I think we're going to be on the greater prosperity. So, Kevin, I really appreciate it, you uh, your your time tonight. You're a stand-up guy. Um, I respect you, and I sincerely appreciate your service to our country. Thank you for all that you've done, and I hope you can continue in service um, to our country by um, you know, as you step forward and put your name on a ballot. And to whom anybody supports, um, it doesn't matter to me, but when you run for office and you step up to the plate and decide that you're going to make a difference in your community, you have my respect, uh, whether I support you or not, or uh, whether anybody supports you or not. It's still a huge, giant step to to put your name onto a ballot and ask people to vote for you. So, Kevin, thanks for coming on tonight and having a conversation.
1: Thank you, Ryan, very much for having me. And I thank, uh, thank your listeners for uh, uh, listening to me. But thank you so much again for including one of the small people in this uh, <laughs> election. Thank you very much, Ryan. I appreciate
0: it. I'm sure we're going to hear more from you, and uh, we will catch up as we near the November election. So, Kevin, I hope you have a great week, and we will catch up with you soon.
1: Okay. Uh, Take care. God bless. All right.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. All right, friends. That was Kevin Caldwell. He is a Libertarian running in Maryland's 6th Congressional District. He is the Libertarian nominee for um, for his party. And, uh, he is making his way all throughout the sixth congressional district. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. And you have been listening to a minor detail radio podcast. My name is Ryan minor. I'm your host. We try to go live every Sunday night at nine o'clock PM. And you can of course, find us on the web at a minor where I report on Maryland political news and bring you the latest in breaking stories. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you.